Hello, everyone. This is Raise Your Voice as part of the D-Rays Bay Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brett Rutherford, and the Rays are coming off a three-game sweep. They're, they're on the losing end of that sweep in Cincinnati against the last-place Reds. A ton of injuries, a ton of roster movement, a trade, lots of Rays news, not all of it positive. Actually, most of it is not positive. Uh, but to kind of go through and, and talk through this this misery with me and, and work our way through it is Ben Whitelaw from RBLR Sports. Ben, what's going on? Hey, how's it going? Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, I wish it was in better circumstances, but you know what? We get to talk race baseball, so that's always fun. Uh, the Rays lose three straight. And today, the day we were recording, series finale, they dropped 10 to 5 against Cincinnati. And uh, on top of that, I mean, like the losses hurt. Uh, but the injuries hurt a little more, and it felt like the Rays over the last week or so were finding a place where you know they were for the first time all season getting healthy, and then that's you know leaving out the guys that have season long injuries like a Glass now or a Torinos or a McKay. Uh, but they got Wander Franco back, Kevin Kiermeyer back. Um, Drew Rasmussen came comes back from a, a short stint. You you had just worked back Shane Boz. Luis Patino looks like he could be back very shortly. Uh, but then this weekend happens and, and three starting players, uh, you know, two position players and a starting pitcher go back on the IL. Franco and Kiermaier are two of them, and Jeffrey Springs is the other. And let's start about let's start with the Franco injury. Um, so we saw him foul off a, a pitch from Hunter Green, who we know is the hard throwing righty for Cincinnati. Was a top draft pick a few years back, and uh, you know didn't didn't hit him or anything. It wasn't even like jammed him or anything. It, it just kind of you could tell it bothered his hand. And maybe this is something I don't know ex- if this was the exact moment it happened, or if this is something that had bothered him for maybe a couple days and this exacerbated it. Uh, but ultimately, he doesn't take the field in the bottom half of that inning, and uh, sounds like it's a handmade bone. So uh, Ben, that's that's never great news, but. Uh, I don't know. How how are the Rays going to deal with this? Um, I don't know. And in a way, that's a little exciting because, you know, we've seen what the guys down on the farm can do a little bit. Like we've seen Walls, we've seen Bruhan. Um, it hasn't been great in his absence, for sure. Um, but now we're going to get to see Jonathan Aranda. We're going to get to see uh, new addition Christian Bethencourt. I think I'm saying that right. Um, Yu Chang they're doing something with his swing. I think it's going to be interesting. So it's really hard to say what's going to happen, but Wander will be missed. Like that's, that's a given. He had just an 88 WRC plus since returning from his injury, but having him in the lineup, like that presence just kind of shifts everybody down a spot. So he's really like, yeah, he was performing slightly below average, but he gets Taylor walls out of the lineup every day. He gets Vidal Bruhan out of the lineup. Uh, It just, it sucks, you know, but I think they can cope. So we we don't have an official diagnosis on Franco yet. This happened in Saturday's game, and he's not going to see the specialist until Monday when the team gets back to St. Pete for the series against Boston. Um, So, I mean, (laughs) on one end, you can think about this from an optimistic sense and think maybe he just needs, you know, the 10 days off. And maybe it's just sore. Maybe it's just bothering. But it didn't look like it, right? It, It looked like it was much more severe. And then the worry is that he'll need surgery. There's a fracture there and that could put him out for the rest of the season. Um, or if it doesn't, you know, it could really 
affect his play for the rest of the year. Minimum of six to eight weeks. Um, but by that, you know, we're already in middle of July. It's July 10th as we're recording. Six to eight weeks. You're looking at most of the season gone eight weeks from now. And when he does return, how much time will he need to get his timing back? What what type of hitter will he be? Because this season, and I think he's been dealing with with all sorts of different injuries this year, it hasn't been it hasn't been what we've expected out of Wander. And I say that not wanting to put too much pressure or expectations on a on a twenty one year old. He's still hitting above average. Um, he's had a good season. Um, but this is the guy that signed an eleven year deal, biggest contract in franchise history. Um, the expectations were higher, as unfair as that might be. My perspective now is just, or my opinion on this now is just, you know, if, if this is going, don't rush this back. Um, I know there's going to be that sense of urgency if there is a playoff push, and the Rays are still pretty comfortably right now in a playoff spot. You know, it could change in a couple of days, but they're, they're doing fine right now. And Wander Franco's got, you know, potentially 20 years left in his career. Don't rush it back here. Uh, this is a very tricky injury. We've seen former Rays players like Evan Longoria struggle with this, where even when they were healthy, it took them a while to kind of get back to where they once were. And I don't want to see Wander Franco, who's already dealing with, with leg injuries this year, just kind of have to fight through another injury just for, for one playoff push. Yeah, I agree. Like, I don't want him to come back. I think it would be um, a little reckless. And the Rays are typically on the conservative side when it comes to, you know, managing workload, managing injuries. But, you know, it's just get him, you know, get the diagnosis, figure out exactly, okay, is this really broken? What's this going to take? And he's just going to have to take his rehab, like, as seriously as possible. I'm sure he will, but really just grind it out. Like, you know, give yourself a chance to come back if it's not on the table at the end of the season that's fine, but I, I just want him to be healthy for the next, you know, 10 years of his deal. Yeah. And in this, the long-term effects of this injury, if it is broken or if this is something serious, uh, a lot of times it, it, it takes away a lot of power out of hitters. Now, the good thing about Wander is he's not really a power hitter. He just swings at everything, hits most pitches and, and racks up a lot of hits that way and that's that he's got the 80 grade hit tool had it as a prospect so i i'm not worried about long term what this is going to do to him um he was never a home run hitter he just hit the ball so much that he would he would run into a few um so it i'm not worried about how it's going to affect his, his long-term career but if they if they try to rush him back which again like you said they're very precautious i don't think they'll do that especially with an asset like franco who they've already invested a lot of money into so yeah, I'd love to see him back. Who knows? Maybe by the time you're listening to this that he's already seen the doctor. It's better news than we hoped. And he just needs maybe a month to, to kind of slowly work back into things. I'll, I'll hope for that, but I'm a little, uh, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not as confident in that diagnosis. So uh, the other injury, Kevin Kiermeyer, he's dealing with, with, with a hip injury. And uh, he'll be out for some time, which means more Brett Phillips, who has struggled incredibly at the plate, but on the flip side has been one of the best defensive outfielders in the game. You're already missing Manuel Margot for uh, what looks like, you know, a good chunk of the season, if not the entire season. Does that force Harold Ramirez into the outfield? Are the Rays going to, you know, Josh Lowe and Brett Phillips, are they now everyday players for you? Or is this going to be a position where they look pretty quickly to the trade market? I'm not really sure what the trade market looks like for center fielders, but I do know that Brett Phillips is, you know, 
one of the best, if not the best defensive outfielder the past couple of years. So he does have that. Um, unfortunately, the bat has been pretty quiet, uh, to put it nicely, this season. But Josh Lowe has looked a little bit better recently. He's starting to look more comfortable. Um, he hit a 95-mile-an-hour fastball up in the zone for a home run today. Like, I don't think anybody expected that to happen anytime soon. So he's uh, he's shortening a swing a bit at some pitches. Um, he's still got some good power. He posts good exit velocities, good quality of contact. So if he can get hot for, like, a month, I think that would really help this team uh, kind of get over this this stretch here while they, you know, continue to get other guys healthy. Yeah, you're going to see a Rosarena in left. Um, Ramirez, I'd like to see him as the DH, but there are going to be some games where he has to go in the outfield. And Brett Phillips is a good enough glove in center field that that I'm okay with him being, you know, I'm okay with him having a, what is it, a 49 WRC plus or whatever it is. I think it might be even lower this year. Um, last year, he had a bit of a uh, an outlier season with all the home runs he had. I think he had like 13. Um, so got the WRC plus over 100. This year, the WRC plus is at... 39 and he's got a 41.3 strikeout rate and that's over 172 plate appearances. So it is, it has not been a good season for Brett Phillips at the plate, but you know, you're comfortable with him playing in center field. If you're not dealing with all the other injuries that you are offensively, uh, good news on the injury front is that Brandon Lau seems to be just about ready to come back. It was scary in his first rehab start in Durham. He was hit in the head with a fastball, uh, by Steven Matz, another guy who was down in the minors rehabbing. But he's fine. He had a headache, but no concussion, no, nothing else that to, to worry about there. And uh, Ben, I think you bravely have said that, that Brandon Lau is the best hitter on the Rays. And so while it seems like the offense is in a really bleak position right now, um, we, we could be saying by the end of next week, or maybe pro- they'd probably hold him out through the All-Star break, uh, the Rays' best hitter returning to their lineup. Yeah, I felt like I wasn't really that much of a hot take to say he's the best. Like, you look at the body of work for the past three years. Like, I everybody got really mad at me, but that's okay. I understand. Um, it's somebody who strikes out, you know, a little bit more than others typically isn't going to be seen as, you know, a great hitter, but he really has been. He's, you know, two consecutive top 10 MVP finishes. Um, he, you know, had a bit of a slow start to the season, but he's really like, when he's slumping, he's a slightly below average hitter. And when he's on, he's one of the best hitters in baseball. So I'm really excited to have him back. I hope he's healthy when he gets back and they're not rushing him along, but the Rays are usually pretty good with that stuff. So, you know, I'm not too worried about that. Um, I think he's going to have a similar effect that Wander kind of had when he came back where it just kind of, it protects the guy in front of him in the lineup and it kind of shifts everybody down in the lineup or either out to a bench spot. So it's going to help to have him back. It's just a matter of, you know, who else is going to contribute here. So um, I don't think Brandon Lau is going to be much of a question mark. I think it's it's going to be on other guys in the lineup. Yeah. Um, one guy that's sticking around, he was called back up, was Luke Rayleigh. Again, we haven't seen much of him. I think he's a fine player, maybe the definition of replacement level, but I think he's probably slightly above that. Um, so I, I, I imagine he'll stick with the big league squad because the new additions that were brought in, um, neither of those guys are outfielders. You've got Christian Bethencourt, like you mentioned, uh, he's a catcher slash first baseman. Um, I like the bat. Um, there's a couple question marks about the, the defense behind the plate. Um, he played, he's a former KBO player. Apparently he, you know, uh, played with or against Brooks Raley 
when they were both in Korea. Um, so he comes over from the Oakland A's. The Rays trade Christian Fernandez and Cal Stevenson to minor league players to acquire him. I, I like this pickup. I think it adds depth. Um, I think it's going to add some much needed production um, from the catching posi- catcher position because Francisco Mejia is not having a good year at the plate. And Rene Pinto, I, I, I won't hold anything against him because I just don't think he's a very good hitter. Um, I don't know if he's a direct replacement for, for Pinto on the roster. We'll see tomorrow. But what are your thoughts on, on acquiring uh, Bethancourt from Oakland? I love it. Um, he is in, extremely underrated. I know it's a bit of a small sample size because he really just came back to the majors this season, but he is a fantastic hitter. He definitely sells out for power a little bit, but I don't really have a problem with strikeouts. They're not really as bad as any other kind of out usually. Um, you know, I'd rather players not hit into double plays all the time. Sometimes I'd take the strikeout. So I like what he does. Um, and my favorite thing about him is he destroys high velocity. Like he is, when you talk about the Rays, you think about like, you know, players with specific jobs and specific roles within a team. Uh, one of his jobs is to hit velocity. He has a 1053 slugging percentage against anything uh, 95 miles an hour or greater. And that is the best in the majors by over 200 points. So he is, he, he destroys fastballs. And um, I forgot his last name, but I know Ian who works with uh, D Rays Bay. He mentioned that, you know, he could be selling out for, you know, the fastball. So he's able to get up to it, which is true. Um, but he has really good numbers against breaking stuff as well. He's got a 91st percentile expected weighted on base average against breaking stuff. So he's getting 91st percentile quality of contact against those pitches. Um, he does struggle against the changeup a little bit, but the production with against fastballs and breaking stuff is, you know, out of this world. So it, it definitely makes up for it. I mean, you know, as Rays fans, we asked them to go get right-handed bats this offseason, right? You look at the guys they brought in, Isak Paredes, Harold Ramirez. Those have been, I mean, amazing pickups. So I can only hope that uh, whatever they see in, in Bethancourt is, is something that will translate. Um, once he joins the team, it sounds like he'll, you know, he'll be suited up in, in at, the, at the Trop this week for the series against the Red Sox. So Currently, 249 batting average, 298 on base, 385 slug with a 99 WRC plus, and that is a a market improvement uh, from the two catchers that they have on the roster. Again, though, don't know if he's going to be more of like a first baseman, pinch hitter, DH, and then fill in at catcher when needed. There's a chance that Pinto stays up, but and, and I guess given all the injuries, that's possible. But you also just acquired another right-handed infielder, Yu Chang. You got him off of waivers. Um, neither of these guys have options left. Um, not to say that at some point this season, if you get guys healthy, that you could DFA or try to pass through waivers one of these two players. Uh, but they're here to stay for now. Um, so do you think Pinto is the one that, that goes back down to Durham uh, tomorrow? It's really tough to say. Like, I am... I'm so biased with Pinto. I love him so much. His framing is incredible. Um, it's been a bit of a smaller sample, but he's been better than Zinino. He's got like a top two or top three pop time in the league this year. Um, just incredible defensive work back there. The bat is definitely not major league ready yet. Um, even though he did hit a home run today, that was kind of cool. So yeah, it's, it's tough to say. I know that Bethancourt can also play first base um, and he would kind of immediately be you know, an upgrade as the right-handed first baseman over Ramirez. Cause I mean, I love Ramirez, but I love him as a DH more than anything else. So, 
uh, I would really like to see them carry Bethancourt, Mejia, and Pinto just because I love, I love like the chaos aspect of that. Like it would just get so crazy, like all these different lineups and stuff. I think that would be interesting, but sadly, I think Pinto might be the guy to go. I'm kind of hoping maybe, I don't know, I, maybe Luke Rayleigh because Bethancourt could play corner outfield. So yeah, I don't know. What do you think? I, I think it's Pinto, but I think that the, I mean these decisions were made before these these acquisitions were made before the injuries, right? And so right. you ha- you thought you, they they were coming into a roster where you have an everyday center fielder that you're comfortable with and an everyday shortstop that you're comfortable with. Uh, now Taylor Walls has got to play shortstop every day. Brett Phillips and Josh Lowe are going to split a lot of time in center field, so it does change the outlook of your roster. And then you try to fit two more people in that have no options. I, I don't know if the Rays do it differently if Franco and Kiermaier are healthy or, you know, if, if, if they if they stay healthy. I, I think the roster might look a little different or if they don't pick up Bethancourt and Chang and try to go a different direction had they known those were those guys were going to end up on the IL. Um, because you, you could send Aranda back down, I guess, uh, but you're becoming pretty right-handed if that's the case. Um, so the Rays, I don't know, the proof has kind of been in, in Aranda's lack of call-ups and lack of playing time when he has been called up, how the Rays or how Kevin Cash think about him as a player. Um, we know we've heard a lot of things about the glove and how he really doesn't have a spot in the field. Today they brought him in to play first base. Um, maybe he gets sent back down, but then, uh, yeah, Bethancourt, like I, I, I kind of struggle to find when he's going to play. Is he just only going to play against lefties, only going to play against hard throwers? Uh, Yu Chang is going to kind of be the, the utility man right now. We can talk about him. Uh, they acquired him. Uh, they picked him up off waivers from Pittsburgh. Another guy that has he struggled in the big leagues. Um, I guess that's that's kind of putting it lightly. He's got a 50 WRC+. Plus. Uh, he's played for three different teams now this season, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, and now the Rays. Um, he strikes out a ton. Um and he's never really hit in the big league. So, Ben, I don't know. Can, can you sell me on, on Yu Chang and, and, and why he should be a Tampa Bay Ray? Oh, absolutely. Um, so, first of all, he has never really produced at any level, minor leagues, majors. Um, yeah, so it, it's, it's not looking great. But um, the thing that he does that he probably does worse or, I guess, better in some ways than anybody else, but it's really not a good thing, is he hits the ball with a ton of topspin. Like the balls literally just die once they get like 150, 200 feet, you know, if it's a fly ball, um, they die out there. So um, I had it on uh, Twitter a while ago, but it was like he had the 90, he was in the 93rd percentile in fly ball rate for like the three years he was like an everyday player in the minors. But then he had like a 50th percentile home run to fly ball rate. So he hits a ton of fly balls, but they all die. So my kind of theory here is that the Rays are going to try to change his swing Obviously, he's been thrown into action a little bit sooner than we, you know, kind of expected with Warner going down. But I think they're going to try to alter his swing and see if they can uh, generate some backs backspin on the ball, and that would really unlock, like, you know, the plus raw power that scouts originally saw in him because he's he's a good player. It's just the the way he hits the ball is not, it it doesn't work out. So he can hit fly balls; they just don't carry enough. I think if they can figure out that backspin which, you know, they probably have a plan for that or else they wouldn't have acquired him with no options. Um, Brandon Lau coming back soon. Like I, there's, there's something there that we're not seeing or we're not getting like public data on. 
And I think it's the top spin on the fly ball. So I'm really excited to see what happens. If it doesn't work out, oh, well, you, you know, DFA him and call send him along to the next again. team. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, he's going to be realistically like a, a human guinea pig in, in a hitting lab experiment. So I'm really excited to see what happens. I, I don't know if I can say that I'm excited to see what happens more than I am just like hopeful that he can do anything uh, and stay healthy. I think that's the other thing too. Right. Um, it, just healthy bodies right now is, is what the Rays need more than anything. So um, there was another injury on the pitching side. Jeffrey Springs hits the IL and we'll talk about his injury and what that means to the starting rotation right after this quick break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And we're back on Raise Your Voice. Uh, we went through the, the the litany of injuries on the position player side and new acquisitions. Welcome Christian Bethencourt. Welcome Yu Chang. Welcome back, Jonathan Aranda. Uh, but there was another injury that we uh, kind of didn't really know was coming uh, until Jeffrey Springs was placed on the IL, 15-day IL for pitchers now, um, uh, with some lower leg tightness. Um, I, this is a guy who tore his ACL. Um, fielding a ball off the mound last season, and um, maybe it's related to that. Um, I don't want to make any, like, you know, I don't want to speculate at all, but he was also just on the family medical emergency list. Uh, we know his 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 child was, was hospitalized. Sounds like the kid was doing better, but obviously uh, I can't imagine what he was going through, you know, even after he came back and trying to pitch through that. Maybe it's an opportunity for him to spend some more time with his family and try to get healthy. And, you know, maybe he, I mean, everybody's hurt all the time, right? It's just a matter of what you can play through, what you can manage, and how it's affecting your performance. So maybe it's a convenient timing for his, 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 low, his leg to tighten up, feel a little sore, um, give, him, give him the time off. But also, Ben, I think I saw you mention this on Twitter, he was heading for a career high in innings pitched. Uh, transition from the bullpen to the starting rotation. So I'm I'm kind of not – I don't know the right word, but I think this is a, a good point in the season for Springs to take a break. Yeah, definitely. I, I don't think this is anything too serious. Um, I'm always excited to see, like, what they come up with when they do these kinds of IL stints, and this time it's, you know, lower right leg tightness. So um, very descriptive, interesting, uh, you know <laughs> – decision there but yeah he's at a career high already in innings pitched at the major league level he's at 64 um he had 44.2 last year so um his highest ever though uh including minor leagues was in 2017 he pitched 112 so he's already on pace to like break that this season so it, it seems like a pretty good chance to you know give him a little vacation spend some time with his family um you know it's where we're playing uh i mean i don't want to like say that you know, AL East opponents aren't, you know, those games shouldn't be taken seriously, but um, the Red Sox are slumping a little bit. I know the Orioles are kind of hot coming up soon. Uh, it just seems like a good time to get a little vacation. So I'm not, I'm not too stressed about it. Yeah. Now we can say that every team in the American League East has, has 40 wins. Um, no other division can say that the NL East has four teams. I think that have 40 wins at this point. 
Um, but yeah, it's it's I think convenient one. The depth for the starting pitching is still there for the time being. I mean, I, w- I want to see I want I don't want to see anyone else get hurt. But Josh Fleming can come up and kind of easily take that spot, even if he is pitching behind an opener, like it sounds like he will be tomorrow. I think they've already announced Matt Whistler will open tomorrow. Um, but when by the time the the rotation turns over again and it gets back to Springs or I guess now Fleming spot. Um, we could see Luis Patino back. He he was with the team all weekend. I know he was dealing with a, a blister on his right middle finger, which is always like one of the silliest baseball injuries. You're like, but it, it, anybody who's ever pitched can tell you that a blister is like w- worse than most other injuries. It's just impossible to 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 grip pitches the way you want to grip and to get that same feel. Um, so it is serious. Something like that. Luis Patino, he, he kind of left his rehab assignment, but it sounds like. He could be activated as early as next weekend against Baltimore. Um, how excited would you be to see Luis Patino back in this rotation before the All-Star break? I'm really excited. Like, the only thing he was missing last year was a third pitch to throw against, you know, lefties so he doesn't have to just only throw exclusively fastballs to him. So if he's got, you know, an okay, like, average changeup or an average sinker, I think those are the two he was kind of working on in the spring. I, I think he could be a great weapon. I'm sure there's going to be a bit of a buildup, um, you know, getting that workload going. He's probably not going to pitch, you know, five, six innings in the majors right away. Uh, but the blister really did set him back. We got stat cast for the, uh, the one game that he had the blister and his stuff looked terrible. Like his velocity was down movements down. So like blisters are really serious for pitchers. Um, I'm, I'm excited to have him back though. I hope he's, you know, gotten that under control because he's a, he's a real weapon. He's young. I think he's younger than Shane Boz. Um, but he's, he's got really electric stuff. So he could be a nice, um, you know, a fill in for Springs here. And then eventually they'll have to decide like who's bulking, who's starting, who's getting optioned, whatever. Um, but yeah, a lot more pitching is, is always a good thing. Yeah. And, and I'm not too worried. You still got Ryan Yarbrough kicking around down there. Um, so I'm not worried about the pitching depth. I think it is a good opportunity for Springs to rest up. I hope his, his, his five month old is doing well. And yeah, I think uh, this is, this is a move that, yeah, it sucked to hear because it just feels like everything's piling up on the Rays right now, but at the same time, they can, they can withstand a pitching, right? I think for, for the time being, and it doesn't sound like it'll be an extended stay. It sounds like, you know, you might not even need a, a rehab start, you know, it's a, he come spend his 15 days. Um, I don't know where he'll be working out at, but, and just kind of slide back into the rotation. And it's been really fun to watch Jeffrey Springs. Um, I, we, you and I, before we started recording, we're kind of looking at the injured list. And I'm thinking right now you've got a total of 15 players, five position players, five starters, and five relievers all on the IL. I don't know. I think if you took a 26-man roster and you just filled in, you took fi- the 15 guys on the IL and then 11 replacement players, like, I don't know, throw me a Ford Proctor, a Vidal Brujan. Hell, give me Curtis Mead, who's been killing it already this season. You fill out the rest of that roster. I th- I think that's a pretty pretty damn good team. You got Mike Zanino behind the plate, middle infield of Brandon Lau and Wander Franco, Kevin Kiermeyer and Manuel Margot in the outfield, and a starting rotation headlined by uh, Tyler Glasnow, Luis Patino, Jeffrey Springs. That's that's a playoff team, I think. I, what do you think? <laughs> Oh yeah, easily. I think that's at least a 90 win team. Like, you know, assuming they stay healthy in this injury uh, filled lineup, I guess. 
Like if they're already injured and then they get hurt again, like would they go on like a double IL or? Yeah, I think so. Uh, but I mean, so seven game series, healthy Rays versus hurt Rays plus replacement. I think the hurt Rays, you know, assuming they're healthy, win pretty easily in a seven game series. Yeah, I think I think it would it would definitely you know I think it'd be close for sure. Um, but yeah, those those injured Rays are just the pedigree of like the guys on the IL is like that would be enough to to you know win that series. Do you think the Rays? I know there was talk earlier in the season like they might be interested in a Frankie Montas, um, who I, I I know was hurt. I don't know if there's been a diagnosis with his injury yet. Um, I know they've got the depth to to put together a, a starting rotation, but do you think there's going to be any impetus for them to try out to try and go out and, and improve that rotation? I mean, I don't even know who you'd be improving on right now. Maybe uh, like try to find a fourth, fifth, fourth or fifth starter, uh, improve on a Corey Kluber or a, a Josh Fleming's role. I, I mean, I don't know. Like, I I don't know what the market's going to look like. Do you think they're going to go go look for? Obviously, they're always going to go look for pitching, but specifically, you know, starting pitching. I don't know about a starter. I know they're going to be really expensive, um, especially this year with so many teams that are going to make the playoffs. Like, everybody's going to want that, you know, extra starter. I don't necessarily think the Rays need it, but injuries have just been crazy this year, so it's really hard to say. I don't know. I just think it would be too expensive. I'd rather see them add, like, a bullpen or maybe a bulk arm, just someone who can give them a couple extra quality innings or add like a, a, a really strong uh, bullpen guy. I don't know. What do you think? A Colin McHugh would be really nice, wouldn't he? I yeah, mean, something like that. Just just someone who can come in and he can consistently get six outs and, and, and do it really well. I mean, trades in, in general, right? We're July 10th. The trade deadline's August 2nd this year. If Warner Franco is out for two months at least – do you, do you let how long do you let Taylor Walls try to get through these these growing pains early on in his major league career, or do you want to go out and look for a bona fide major league shortstop? Hmm. I mean, after the game today, I feel like I already know the answer uh, for a lot of people to that question. I think it wouldn't be terrible to stick with him. Um, he did get a bit of a break with Wander back. You know, he was able to get out of the lineup for a little bit. Maybe that was enough to to get his mind right. But again, he still just looks like he's he's like a shell of himself out there. And it really sucks because he's a great player, um, great track record of, of being a fantastic defender and a pretty strong hitter at pretty much every level of the minors. So um, I'd like to believe that he can do that at the major league level. And he's, you know, unable to, to come into his own because of the circumstances this year, you know, being thrown into a role when you're not ready and then being unable to escape it is probably, you know, not fun at all. Um, especially when there's so much pressure to perform at the major league level. But I, I wouldn't hate it if they, you know, gave him a chance to, to play every day. I think he's still capable of it, even if it's, it's sucked right now. And I don't even know who you'd go out and get, right? I mean, all yeah, the great shortstop, like, nobody wants to give up their, their, their shortstop. So it's one of those things. It's, they're really hard to acquire unless you've got a team like the Rays a year ago that have Willie Adamas, Taylor Walls, Juan Franco all in their organization, and they need to kind of move one to make room for the other two. Um, and the Brewers, I think, you know, they gave that was it turned out to be a good trade for the Rays too with Drew Rasmussen and JP Fireisen. But the Brewers were able to get a franchise shortstop relatively easy. 
Um, they're, they're, they're not easy to come by. And the Rays, I don't think, should be looking for a franchise shortstop. They have one. He's just hurt right now. Uh, a couple names that come to mind. I mean, I, I look at Kyle Farmer, who they just played against this weekend. I don't, I don't love him, but I, I, he might be like the line where, okay, it needs to be Kyle Farmer or better to not let Taylor Walls be your everyday guy. Um, someone who I've really liked, Miguel Rojas in Miami. I know they're struggling right now. Um, he's got one more year left on his contract. He's making five and a half million this year, four and a half million next year. I just can't see. You look at all these. I'm looking at the FanGraphs leaderboards. None of these teams are going to want to get rid of their shortstops. Um, you know, maybe you bring in a Nicky Lopez, but he doesn't help the offense at all. Uh, that's another guy that really struggles at the plate. Um, everybody else is either in contention or has enough control that teams aren't going to want to get rid of him. I mean, like, look at Jorge Mateo with Baltimore again, another guy that struggles at the plate, but really good defensively. They're not moving on from him anytime soon. Uh, you look around the league, guys like, I don't know, Ahmed Rosario, Bobby Wood Jr. obviously isn't going anywhere. Maybe a Jose Iglesias in Colorado. I don't know. I'm just thinking, like, at that point, why not let Taylor Walls continue? I don't know. What What are your thoughts? Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Like the guys that you really want to have play shortstop are going to be so expensive that, you you know, you mortgage a year or two of your future for what? Like we've got 78 games left, I think. Um, I, I feel like you can upgrade at other spots to kind of like mask the offensive production, but he's still shown flashes of being like, you know, competent at the plate. It's just not on a consistent basis. So, yeah, I, I like him a lot. So I'm going to want to say to keep rolling him out there. But I think the fact that everybody else is so expensive or ungettable or not much of an upgrade, like it's, yeah, I don't know. I, I trust the Rays to do the right thing, though. Like that front office, they're going to make whatever move or not make whatever move that's going to put this team hopefully in the best possible spot. Um, as long as we don't keep getting injured over and over again. Where you, you said you could see some better spots that they could upgrade. What, what are your thoughts there? I mean, what are, what do you think the most likely position if I don't even know if the Rays consider positions when making trades, but what type of position could you see the Rays going after and targeting a couple guys in before the deadline? I was going to say, you know, I kind of thought maybe catcher, but now we got Bethancourt, so we kind of have to see how that plays out. Um, but I'm also, like, cautious about acquiring a catcher midseason. Like, how easy is it to learn a new pitching staff on the fly? Like, is there a learning curve? Um, I, yeah, I don't know, catchers, but those are also going to be expensive, too. So I, I, I don't want to be, like, a prospect hugger, but I kind of just want to see the Rays give the young guys a shot here. And it's going to take multiple shots because rookies are almost always not very good. But, yeah, I, I think why not? let Taylor Walls go out there and, and just kind of maybe keep Pinto around too. It's it's tough this year for sure with so many playoff teams. I could see maybe an out, another outfielder. I know you just yeah. acquired two right-handed bats. They're, they're uh, expendable, right, if you have to move on from one or both of them. Um, but maybe a Tommy Pham, again, another Cincinnati Red. I know former Ray. Um, I, I think there would be interest there probably from both parties, even though, you know, you don't need the interest from fam. Um, Ian Happ with, with Chicago switch hitter. 
Um, not great in the outfield, but you look, you know, he's, he's a pretty good hitter. Um, actually this year, he's having a great season, 372 on base percentage, 12% walk rate. Sounds like my kind of player. Um, you can stick him in a corner outfield and add another switch hitter to the lineup. Um, uh, but yeah, again, like, do I want to, unless we're fully out on Josh Lowe and I'm not fully out on him, but I'm, I'm definitely not like super excited about seeing him get more plate appearances. I do. I do think the strikeouts are going to continue to be an issue. I give him credit for the, for the home run today on a 95 mile an hour heater. Um, but also I think there, there's some validity to saying, well, he just knows to, to gear, you know, gear back and get ready for the fastball because that's all everybody's been throwing him because the, the book is kind of out on Josh Lowe, 95 plus up in the zone. He hasn't been able to touch it today. He got a hold of one. So let's see if that becomes more of a trend or if it was a one-time thing. It's tough. It's tough to get better. Everybody always wants to make trades where, you know, you trade your bad players and, and get someone else's good players. Not really how it works out in reality. A lot of times the moves that are the most influential are the ones, you know, under the radar guys. And I I, I kind of want to say that about Isak Paredes, but he was a top 100 prospect. And I think the Rays knew exactly what they were getting in Isak Paredes. But uh, maybe a fam or an Ian, Ian Happ is kind of the big deal. The Rays go out and make. They're going to get relievers. I'm sure of it, especially um, with the injuries they're dealing with. Fire Eisen, Kittredge down. Fairbanks is on a rehab assignment, so it looks like he could be back soon. Um, but you always want more relievers. I think we'd like to see in the postseason a lot less of the Ralph Garza's, Calvin Fauche's, Sean Armstrong's of the world. Not a knock on those guys because I think they can do a job at the big league level. But when you get into late September and, in, and into October, uh, you, you want some guys that are a little more uh, tested at the big league level. So I don't know. Any other names that, that catch your eye trade-wise? Uh, Garrett Cooper would be costly, but he is a guy that he would come in and be an immediate upgrade, um, over pretty much anybody. He's a great hitter. Um, not a ton of power, but he, he hits the ball well, pretty much to all fields. And he does have enough pop, um, in the bullpen. I really, really like Scott Efros from the Cubs, uh, super underrated guy. He, he basically is the same pitcher as Ryan Thompson, but he's like a lot better. So, um, he might be a pretty cheap guy. I think they could get him for like two rule five type players. So, um, cause the Rays are also going to have to do a roster crunch. I mean, they were able to avoid a rule five draft this past off season, which is great, but now they're going to have all those guys plus all the new rule five eligible players. So they were able to ship off two to get uh, Bethancourt, but there are still a lot more that they're going to have to make a decision on uh, pretty soon. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me to see a lot of like minor moves moving on guys that are either, you know, rule five eligible or need to be put on the 40 man. I, I think you could see some of that, some roster cleanup this year. Um, I won't even entertain the question of whether or not the Rays are buyers or sellers. Like, I, I, I just don't <laughs> think that's how they operate. I don't know if that's how many big league teams operate anymore. I mean, there are a few. Um, I don't even, like, I don't even know who. If if the Rays were to, I'm, I'm not even going to say sellers, but if they were to deal a player that makes the team better right now and uh, trade some current wins for some future wins, is there anybody on this roster that you could see like a shock moves get, get gets dealt uh, before the deadline? I would hate it, but like Yandi, I guess. Like, but you don't want to get rid of like your your. He's been almost like the best 
healthy player this season. Like he's been great. I mean, position player. Um, yeah. I, I mean, maybe I, I they maybe they trade that. a Kluber. Like maybe, yeah. I, I I really the other one would be like a Randy Rosarena, but with the way the outfield is right now, like I I just don't see that happening. He's still got so much control. Like it would take yeah. a haul to get Randy Rosarena. I would love to see what a return would look like if if those conversations were ever had because he still has a lot of control and he's in his prime right now. You're getting those those prime years at at a very low cost. Um, you know, I, I no one maybe a Drew Rasmussen, but again. A lot of control left. Starting pitcher has been very quality for the Rays. I don't see it happening. Um, maybe if Mike Zanino was healthy, you could trade a Mike Zanino. But I, I, again, they keep bringing him back. They obviously want the guy. Yeah. The, the the Brandon Lau and Manuel Margot discussions can't be had while they're injured. So unlikely. Maybe G-Man Choi can't move anywhere because he's your big left-handed bat. Um, unlikely. But the Rays will always shock us. There will be at least one move that we you know think oh i wasn't expecting that i think last year's was probably uh the diego castillo trade where it kind of came out of nowhere and um looking back at it i understand kind of why it happened but we were, we were shocked at the moment so we'll take one more quick break and on the other side uh ben and i will raise our voice about who we think should be the starters in this year's mlb all-star game so stay right there and we're back on raise your voice we've kind of gone through the <laughs> Lots of raise news that we've 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 had this week: injuries, trades, uh, waiver acquisitions, um, some some bad baseball, a three-game sweep against Cincinnati. We even previewed a little bit the upcoming series against Boston and Baltimore at home before the All-Star break. Uh, but now, with the All-Star break approaching, we now have the full rosters. And before we get into us raising our voice, Shane McClanahan was named to the American League All-Star team for the first time. Yet to be seen whether he will be chosen to start the Midsummer Classic. I certainly think he's deserving of that, but he has made it. He is the only Ray on the All-Star team. There's always a chance uh, that one could be added, um, you know, uh, most likely a pitcher due to injuries or just usage. Uh, First off, Ben, Shane McClanahan, American League All-Star, no shocker, but uh, it's just been a ton of fun to watch him this year. Yeah, he's so fun to watch. The emergence of the changeup has been phenomenal for him, and it's a really fun pitch to watch on top of that. I love a good changeup. Um, yeah, super happy for him. I hope this doesn't make him too expensive in, in future arbitration hearings, so maybe they can lock him into a long-term deal soon. Uh, but who knows? I'm a little sad, I guess, that Jason Adam hasn't been named yet. Um, I think he's very deserving. Uh, third highest F4 among all relievers in the American League. But um I don't know. Maybe he'll get in with an injury, but he's he's definitely deserving, in my opinion. He seems like one of the guys that could be added if you know a starter goes six innings on Sunday and there's no chance of pitching in the game. Right? Maybe they go to him. I don't know. It's it's always tough. Um, but it's, I, you know, I, I like it for those guys. Obviously, last year you had Joey Wendell and Andrew Kittredge added to the All Star, and you know, on Baseball Reference, it still shows All Star. Doesn't show how you were added or how you were voted in. So I'd love to see it for Jason Adam, but. Happy for Shane McClanahan, hopefully the first of many. Um, but we, you and I were kind of talking about uh, the All-Star starters who were announced earlier this weekend, uh, our disagreement with a lot of the selection, and that's because it's it's voted on by fans, uh, which I think it, it, there's a cool aspect to that that the fans get to say and who they get to see in the All-Star game. But it usually ends up with like 
a lot of undeserving guys, or I, I won't say that, but a lot of deserving guys that miss out. So Ben and I are going to go through just the starting lineups, both National League and American League, and give our picks for who we think should have been starting next week in Los Angeles. So we'll start the National League and go to the uh, catcher position. And Ben, I'll let you go first on this one. I think it's pretty obvious, but we'll hear what you have to say. Um, I, I, That's actually the one position I left out of my notes. Oh, my bad. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll let you do your catcher first because okay. <laughs> I totally – I skipped that one for some reason. Well, I'm, I'm going to go with Wilson Contreras. Um, 313 plate appearances on the season. He's got a 148 WRC+. plus. He's at 13 home runs. He hasn't been, a, I think, a gold glove level catcher, but he hasn't been a liability back there. So if you can produce that much at the plate and and not be a, just a total you know loser behind the plate catching-wise, um, you deserve to be an all-star and you deserve to be the starter. Uh, so I'll go Wilson Contreras. Yeah, I'll go the same. He's He's been phenomenal. I know a lot of uh, Rays fans on Twitter want the Rays to trade for him, but that's going to be very unlikely, I think. Like, yeah. It'd be it's cool. Like, I mean, everybody wants the best players on their team. Like, I understand that, but like... Right, right. Yeah. and it's like all the great prospects that the Rays had to trade maybe these for these guys in the offseason. Um, I don't know if their values have gone up since the start of the season. I'm talking about the, the Taylor Walls of the world, Vidal Brujan, Josh Lowe. Um, they still have plenty of great prospects, and those guys still have value. Don't get me wrong, um, but maybe their value was higher before you know we saw them play everyday roles in the major league. So, yeah, Wilson Contreras, I think a, a pretty solid answer there. Will Smith would be another great option. He's had a great year at the plate. JT Realmuto, um, also you know always going to be a great catcher, taking a step back a little bit offensively this year. Um, but I haven't even seen it was Wilson Contreras. So we're all in agreement there. We agree with the fans. Let's move on to first base. And Ben, I'll let you go first on this one. Yeah, I like Paul Goldschmidt. Um, I like the consistency. Um, I think he's a he's a really cool player. I've always kind of liked him since his Arizona days, so I'm pretty biased there. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I like him as the starter. Yeah, Paul Goldschmidt was pretty easy. I, I'm looking at this guy's numbers right now, and I mean, he, he's, he's a Hall of Famer. He's going to be a Hall of Famer, and finally – having you know a career year in st louis when he signed for st louis a few years ago uh it just felt like a perfect fit uh and i'm trying not to make that sound like uh the white first baseman goes to play in uh, <laughs> you know the middle of the country you know st louis missouri and play for the cardinals one of america's teams so uh but it it, it has been a good fit he's he's been an incredible player he hasn't had a bad season um and to see him you know, be the front runner for MVP, I think, right now in the National League has been a lot of fun. Great player, and we're all in agreement. And he was named the the starter um, for the National League. So moving on over to second base. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I got to go with, with, with Jazz Chisholm here. Um, I think it, it it is very much deserved. Not only is he one of the more exciting players in baseball, he's pretty good. Uh, 140 WRC plus he's got 14 home runs on the season. He's stolen 12 bases. Looks like he's on his way to a 2020 season plays really good defense as well. 2.6 wins above replacement. According to fan graphs, I did like Tommy Edmond, but I believe he was on the ballot as a shortstop. Um, I know he's kind of yeah. split time there this year for St. Louis. So for me, it was, it was jazz Chisholm at second base. Yeah, me too. I, I think he's so exciting. For me, he's like on the same level as like Fernando Tatis of like 
guys that you want to watch play every single day because you love to watch every bat. Like he's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So he was named the starter again. So we haven't had any disagreements with the fans uh, thus far, but I'm sure we will get there. Uh, let's move over to third base. And in this one, um, it, it's gotten closer. I know when the ballots first came out, it looked like it was Manny Machado and no one else. Um, I know Nolan Arenado has been great as well. I went with Machado, 386 on base, 157 WRC plus, and, and really good uh, defense at third base. It's what we've gotten used to. Him and Arenado, though, I, I, I think there's not a wrong pick here. I just went with Machado. Yeah, it's it feels kind of like a coin flip. I also went with Machado. Um, I like the edge he brings. I think he's a fun player. Um, he's, he's quietly like really, I mean, I guess cause he's on the West coast. So we don't, we don't get much of him, but he's quietly putting together like a phenomenal year. Um, just a, a really great guy and a, a fantastic third baseman. Like he's made some really great plays defensively. Um, offensively, we know he can hit the ball. So I like Machado a lot. And, and like you think about his free agency, it was the same free agent year as, as Bryce Harper. And that was kind of like, those were the two big moves waiting for those dominoes to fall. He went to San Diego and maybe struggled a little bit out of the gate. And Fernando Tatis became the face of maybe not only the face of that franchise, but one of the faces of baseball. Uh, but to see Machado have such a great year has been a lot of fun out there. Moving over to shortstop, a guy who's having a career year and he's always been a good player. He's always been a really good shortstop. Um, but definitely deserving of all-star status this year. Uh, My guy wasn't named the starter, so we're finally getting into some controversy here. I went with Dansby Swanson, um, playing for the Atlanta Braves, 134 WRC+. He's got four wins above replacement, according to fan graphs. He's hit 14 home runs. He's coming off a season in which he hit 27 home runs. Looks like this season offensively is going to be even better. He's getting on base at a higher clip. Um, you know, he's running up a pretty high Babbitt right now, 384. Uh, but I'm not here to debate luck. He, he got the hits. He, he, he's reached base. He's had that offensive production. And with that, has had the same level of, of defensive greatness. Um, for me, there was no other choice than, than Dansby Swanson to be the starter at shortstop. Yeah, I, I also wanted Dansby Swanson. I really like, I think the Babbitt is, is sustained by how well and how hard he hits the ball. Like he makes a ton of great contact. Um, Yohan Moncada kind of does that as well. We're like, they have really high, uh, BAPIPs and you think that it's unsustainable, but like the, the, the way they put the barrel on the ball consistently kind of, um, it makes it sustainable. So I do like Swanson. I understand, uh, Trey Turner, but I would have preferred Swanson. He's, he's a little bit more handsome too. (laughs) Yeah, no, definitely. He's got the nice hair. Um, perfect. You know, he's got, he's got the most Atlanta Braves name I've ever heard. Dansby Swanson. Yeah. Trey Turner, though, was named the starter. WRC Plus is, is right there with Swanson. He, he walks a little less, but also strikes out a good bit less. Uh, st- steals more bases. The, the, the defense, I think, is probably what separates them the most. Um, Swanson also has a little bit more pop. Um, so, for me, it was clearly Swanson, mostly because of the defense. I know Trey Turner is seen as like this, this like super fast, super mobile shortstop. So, he must play great defense. The numbers don't always bear that out. This year, for me though, it, it had to, it had to be Swanson. So, voters went with Trey Turner. Don't think it's a bad choice. I personally had Swanson. Now, you get three outfielders, and these aren't separated by left, center, right. Um, we can kind of do it however we want here. Um, the the voters voted in Ronald Acuna Jr., Mookie Betts, and Jock Peterson. Ben, I'll let you run through your outfield. Uh. 
I, I really like Juan Soto. I'm, I'm really biased towards him. So I personally would like to see him out there. I know, um, I mean, I guess he's having a down year. I don't know. He's just really is he good. Though? I, I lo- is he though? Yeah, like... But like a down year for him is like, so I don't know. He's great. Um, I guess it doesn't, like he'll be getting the game. So it doesn't really matter too much anyways. But uh, I really like Juan Soto. Mookie Betts is always cool. Um, I, I just love that he's, he's what, like listed at like 5'9", five, 5'10". Um, fantastic hitter. Um, love that for him. And then Ronald Acuna, he's exciting. I don't, I mean, I guess he's, I'm fine with him out there, but yeah, I, I, the main thing is I would have rather seen Soto out there, I guess. Yeah. I mean, Acuna, if he had played the whole year, I think he would be an yeah. all-star. Um, yeah. and I'm not like faulting anybody for voting for him because he is great and he's had a really good season. Um, the defense is, eh, it is what it is. Um, but he's a, such a great hitter. I don't think it matters. My personal selections, <clears throat> excuse me, would have been Mookie Betts, who is just kind of quietly out in LA. I think you do see some of that like East Coast bias when you look at a guy like Mookie Betts, who was considered one of the best players in baseball when he played for Boston. And I'm not saying he's not considered that now. I just think he's less people watch Dodgers games. Um, because they're on the West Coast. That's just kind of a fact. They're still a great team, and he's still a great player. He's got a 152 WRC plus this year, 3.6 wins above replacement, uh, 20 home runs. He's having an incredible season. Um, it's just not noticed as much. He's also like buried in a lineup with so many other great hitters, including Freddie Freeman, who was left off the roster entirely, a couple other former MVPs. So I, I bet's clearly for me, um, Brandon Nimmo is a guy that I would have loved to see get a shot. Um, he's got a 132 WRC plus. He gets on base at a 357 clip, plays really good defense out there for the Mets. Um, and he's been a huge part of their success. And then I, I would have also went with Juan Soto. Uh, you look at the batting average for a guy that is seen as maybe the, the best left-handed hitter in baseball right now. And you think, oh, he's only hitting 242, but he's also walking in 20% of his plate appearances. I mean, those are just, Unreal, unreal numbers. Um, a 395 on base percentage, 145 WRC plus, and uh, yeah, top top five, maybe top three hitter in the game, uh, Juan Soto. So I went with Betts, Nimo, and and, and Soto. So the the voters, yeah, they went with Jack Peterson. Okay, sure. I mean, I don't yeah. know, like 141 WRC plus, 17 home runs. He's a really good hitter. He always has been. I'm kind of a DH though. So interesting choice there. Uh, designated hitter. Uh, the voters went with Bryce Harper. I think uh, even with the injury, you know, he, we know he won't be able to compete in that, um, but very much deserving um, for, for people. There were, there were people for years that said Bryce Harper was, was people even went as far as to call him a bust, uh, which is just not true. He's lived up to the hype. And then some, uh, you look at his, his two MVP seasons and then what he's doing this year, just just an incredible baseball player, incredible incredible hitter. And I love seeing him kind of embrace the DH role this year with the injury he sustained. Uh, and, and and really just a, just a masterful hitter, having another great year and unfortunately got hit in the hand and will, is, is missing more time now and won't be able to compete. But he, he was my choice for DH in the National League. Yeah, me too. I, I really don't understand all the hate that he gets. Um, it's... I don't know. I think people just don't like 
that he's been able to live up to the success. I don't really know. Um, I'm glad he did not become a Yankee, which is awesome. Uh, that would have sucked. So, uh, yeah, I, I like him. I'm, I'm cool with him, you know, getting voted in as the starter, even though he obviously won't be playing. Yeah. Uh, and, th- and then this one isn't voted on and it even hasn't been announced yet, but let's go with uh, starting pitcher. Um, personally, I think it's Sandy Alcantara already over 120 innings pitched. And these are quality innings, right? I mean, I, I would tend to, to favor a guy that, that throws that many innings before the all-star break anyways, uh, but he's doing it with a one eight two ERA. Um, the strikeouts aren't through the roof. Like you'd see from some other ACE starting pitchers at this point, uh, you know, at the, at the, this day and age. Um, and we could argue, you know, some of the peripherals, maybe there's a couple guys that are, are better pitchers, but I don't think there's a pitcher that's having a better season than Sandy Alcantara. And I don't want to like argue like, for, for me personally, don't want to debate like how lucky he's been getting to those numbers. He's pitched those innings. He, he's had that run prevention. He's my all-star starter for the national league. Yeah. It's, it's a skill to be able to handle that kind of workload. Like it's insane. I, I respect that. I, I would love to have, I would love to see him starting. Um, I understand the case for Clayton Kershaw, but yeah, I just, I, I would rather go with Sandy for sure. I think he's, I think it's cool for the Marlins too. Like they, they deserve this. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> just give it to him. Just, just give it to him. It'll be Brian Snicker, the manager. It'll be his decision. It'll also be based on, I don't know, usage and who is pitched when. And I'm sure the Marlins will accommodate trying to make sure that he lines up and is able to pitch and because they would right. want to see their guy on the mound. That is a big deal, right? I mean, I, I, I do think that's a big deal. Um, we'll talk about who could potentially be starting for, for the American League on the mound in a little bit, even though these guys only throw one, maybe two innings. It's a nice thing to have on your, on your resume. So let's shift on over to the American league and we'll look at catchers. Um, so the starter for the American league at catcher is Alejandro Kirk. And I have to be in full agreement with the fans here. Uh, just, just an absolute great hitter this season. 149 WRC plus um, 11.4% walk rate and only an 8.9% K rate. He's got 10 home runs. He's almost at a 400 OBP and he's doing pretty well behind the plate. Um, he, he's been a revelation on my fantasy team this year. It went undrafted. I scooped him up off the waiver wire. I know nobody cares, but um, he's, he's been a ton of fun and my, my favorite player on the, on this Toronto team. I went with Alejandro Kirk. Yeah, I went with Kirk as well. He can just flat out hit. Like he is a phenomenal hitter. Then that's a great pickup in fantasy. Like I care. I think that I'm, I'm proud. <laughs> Thank you, Ben. <laughs> um, we'll move over to first base where Vladimir Guerrero jr. Uh, was voted for the American league. I got to go with Luis Arias though. Uh, 355 batting average, a 157 WRC plus. I don't really care what his defense is. A guy that just hits that much and draws his walks and gets on base at that high of a clip, for me, should be the start starting the All-Star game. For a while, I thought it should have been Ty France, uh, but I ultimately went with Arias. I'm, I'm curious as to what your thoughts are, though. Yeah, I would have liked to see France in there. I think he's he's a great hitter. Um, he's fun to watch, but... Yeah, Arias is is just on another level. Like he does not stop getting on base. He will do whatever it takes to get on, and he's a, he's really probably one of the best like pure hitters in the game. Just tons of line drives. Um, you know, I don't care too much about batting average, but when he when you sustain a batting average that high for so long, 
um, it, it, it really stands out. So I really like Arias. I understand by Guerrero, but like, yeah, uh, it's, it's a coin toss for me, yeah. but Ty I really do. I appreciate Arias' hitting though. Arias did make it as a reserve. Ty France was left off the roster completely, uh, which I thought was, was pretty disappointing. And I'm, yeah. you know, Julio Rodriguez was the Mariners representative, but I don't know. There probably should have been room for a Ty France, I don't get to make those decisions, and uh, that's why we're just talking about it on this podcast. We'll move on over to second base, and, and Ben, I'll let you go first here. Uh, it's got to be Brandon Lau for me, uh, best second <laughs> baseman in the game, so I uh, can't can't dispute that. But I understand Jose Altuve. Um, that's fine with me. I really like Jimenez over in uh, in Cleveland. I thought I think he's having a great season. Um, yeah, I I'm I'm cool with Altuve though. I I understand it. His base running has been uh pretty atrocious though this season like he's like on par with like randy um, yeah. i haven't been watching astros too closely but like he's 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 making some questionable choices out there i think altuve was the right decision <clears throat> just with the entire body of work um he still is is serviceable as a second baseman jimenez deserved a shout the other guy that deserved a shout even though his hitting hasn't been great I think it's Trevor Story. Um, he plays such a great second base that you almost wonder why he's not playing on the other <laughs> middle infield position in Boston. Although Xander, I think, has has had a pretty good year defensively <clears throat> there too. So um, it's 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 forgivable. And Trevor Story, I think, has it's been a really good pickup for Boston. But Altuve, 161 WRC plus. He's got the power. He's drawing the walks. He, he's the he's the starting second baseman. I think deservedly so. Uh, we'll move over to third base, and, and Ben, I'll let you kind of go first here as well. This is probably, like, the toughest one out of all the teams. Like, Devers and um, Jose Ramirez, like, that's insane. Like, those are probably, like, two MVP frontrunners, really. Like, um, I'm fine with either one. I like Jose Ramirez more. I like the switch hitting aspect. Um, I, I don't like the Red Sox at all, so I'm definitely biased there, but I understand the Devers um, selection to start. I just personally would have preferred Ramirez, but, you know, I get it. Uh, Ramirez and Wander Franco are always going to be compared to each other. They're both switch hitting infielders from the same neighborhood in the Dominican Republic, right? And I think Rays fans, if you want to look at what, now I won't say ceiling because I think a ceiling could be even higher, but what the expectations are for the player that Wander Franco can become, it's Jose Ramirez. He was my pick too. 11.1% walk rate, walks more than he strikes out. He's got a 372 on base. Uh, and I like the defense. Endeavors has improved. Don't get me wrong. I like the third base defense from Ramirez just a little bit more. Um, so I went with Jose Ramirez. But yeah, I, I do think this is a coin flip. I don't want to take anything away from Devers, who ha has been uh, one of the best, if not the best player in the American League this year. So um, Devers was voted. I would have went with Jose Ramirez. But again, just so so close um and, and i don't i don't i don't fault the voters for, for going with devers um let's take a look on over at shortstop um where i i thought this was one of the most botched um selections uh in the for the entire process uh, i thought xander bogarts was far and away um the the best shortstop in the american league the defense has improved he still has just some great hitting numbers, even though the power's a little bit down. 386 on base, 135 WRC+. He's got 3.4 wins above replacement. The voters went with Tim Anderson, who has only 2.2 wins above replacement. He's got a higher batting average, but doesn't walk at all. 
doesn't hit for power and, and plays solid defense, but this one felt more like a popularity pick than anything else. I thought there, you know, even Jeremy Pena would have been more deserving than uh, uh, Tim Anderson. I love Jeremy Pena. I think that would that best case scenario for Houston in terms of replacing Carlos Correa, who's also having a, a solid season, not good enough to be the all-star starter, but uh, I am curious, you know, your thoughts on this one, Ben. Yeah, I'm really surprised Bogarts isn't the starter. Like Tim Anderson is cool. He's really fun to watch. He's electric, but like, if you want the best player starting, it would be Xander Bogarts. And he wasn't even a finalist. It was between Anderson and Bo Bichette. Again, I think a bit of a popularity thing. Bo Bichette doesn't even have a 300 on base percentage. And he's not like a gold glove level shortstop. No. So to have him as a finalist over Bogarts and Pena and even a Carlos Correa, just baffling to me. I know <clears throat> you've got like a whole country voting for a guy like Bo Bichette. Um, so it is what it is. It's fan voting. I thought this was probably the biggest miscalculation on behalf of the fans, though. Yeah, easily. Like, you know, Bichette isn't very deserving. Um, but at least, you know, Bogarts is a reserve, I guess. So that's cool. Yeah. He should yeah. be starting, though. Well, we'll take a look at the outfield. And um, <clears throat> this is a fun one because all these guys have been having great seasons. But the voters went with Aaron Judge. Mike Trout and Giancarlo Stanton. Judge and Trout, those were two of mine on my list. Uh, the next one um, really kind of came out of nowhere. He has just been incredible. His team's on a tear right now. Julio Rodriguez, the rookie, um, I know he struggled out of the gates, but you look at how much he struggled and where he's at now, it only tells you how hot he's been recently. Um, Julio Rodriguez, 352 plate appearances. He's got a 335 on base, a 136 WRC plus. He, he, he's good in the field, and this guy's a rookie. He's only 21 years old. Uh, I think that tells you everything you need to know about Julio Rodriguez. Um, he, he had a 205 batting average in March and April, um, put up a 309 batting average in May, 280 in June, 290 in July. Just been really fun to watch. And he did make the team as a reserve. If it were up to me, though, he would have been in the starting lineup. Yeah, he's had a phenomenal um, season. Well, I guess not season, but a phenomenal run as of late because he did start off a little rough. Um, I was also happy with Judge and Trout. I I don't like Stanton that much. Um, but, I mean, he's still a good hitter. So um, I would have gone Judge, Trout, and then either Buxton or Rodriguez. I just think Byron Buxton is so fun to watch. He is, he, he, when fully healthy, he's like a top five player in the league for sure. Like he is crazy. Um, I remember his home run against the Rays, unfortunately, where he just kind of like flicked his wrist at a pitch, like five or six inches below the zone. And he hit it like 430 feet. It's, he has insane tools. So um, I would have loved to see him start, but you know, he's going to play. So that's what matters, I guess. But yeah, I, I like judge trout and then either Rodriguez or Buxton for me. Yeah, Buxton was was the next one on my list. I also you know, want to give a shout out to Kyle Tucker again, just a great hitter, not a you know a stellar outfielder, um, but a great hitter, and and, and maybe it would be a, a DH, you know, if the Astros didn't have the best DH in the league. Um, so we'll slide over to the DH spot, and it was uh, Shohei Otani voted on by the fans, and while uh, that's not, not a shock that he was voted in over Jordan Alvarez, Alvarez was my selection just having a an historic season really 26 home runs he's got a 197 wrc plus um which is 
I mean, something that hasn't been done in, in a while. If he gets to that 200 mark at the end of the season, um, just incredible stuff. He 3.9 wins above replacement as a DH. And that that's insane. 306 batting average, 405 on base, 60 runs batted in. I understand why Otani was voted in, and I'm okay with it. He's he's the, he's the face of baseball right now, um, even though I don't think he's – I think he's the second best player on his own team. Um, there's no denying the impact he has on baseball and, and why he's starting. So I'm okay with this one. I just think it, it it's a little un, – it's, it's a lot unfair to Jordan Alvarez. Yeah, like can't they just do like a 10-man lineup with two DHs? Because right. <laughs> he, is, he is so good. He, he deserves to start. Um, but like you said, I get it. Otani is, you know, the face of baseball. Everybody wants to see him play. They want to see him pitch. They want to see him hit. Um, yeah, it, it, I'm fine with it. But Alvarez definitely is is more than deserving to be starting. Yeah. So I, I, you know what, I, Ben, you and I agreed on a lot. I think we had a couple of disagreements with with the fans. But you know, the Otani one again, I get it. I get it. The two legend selections, guys in their final seasons um, that are surefire Hall of Famers, Miguel Cabrera from Detroit and Albert Pujols, who's back in St. Louis this year. Um, I, I I don't know. Maybe Yadier Molina. I know he's hurt, but maybe you could just have him there, like in the dugout. Um, Adam Wainwright as well. These are two other, you know, pretty pretty surefire Hall of Famers. Uh, Wainwright, I don't know. I think he is, but we'll, we'll see in, in five years, I guess. Um, but Pujols and Cabrera, really good to see them there. And now... Wrapping this up, let's go to the mound. Starting pitcher in the American League, Ben. Who do you think it should be? That's a really tough one. You know, <laughs> it's it's so close. I've been leaning towards Verlander for sure, just because he's so much better than McClanahan. But <laughs> no, it, it's it's McClanahan. Like it's got to be um, best pitcher in baseball. Really um, phenomenal. Four plus plus pitches. Um, throws almost triple digits. He's great. 36% strikeout rate, 197 XFIP. That's a 173 ERA. Um, it's really hard to put up a 173 RA and not be like extremely lucky. Like it's just, yeah. it's just the way it goes. But McClanahan has earned every bit of, of that earned run average leads the American league in strikeout rate. I believe he is like, uh, I'm looking at it now fifth in walk rate for starting pitchers. Um, so to have those strikeouts without, you know, sacrificing uh, walks or anything else is has just been incredible. 104 and a third innings pitched. <clears throat> Technically, you know, he's second in wins above replacement. I, I know we were talking about this too. I don't know how pitcher war is 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 really calculated because Kevin Gosman has thrown less innings with a higher ERA and worse peripherals and less strikeouts and the same amount of walks, and he's got. 0.8 more wins above replacement than Shane McClanahan. So I'll have to dig deeper into that um, because uh, I don't know. That, that's kind of confusing to me, um, but I, I would guess Shane McClanahan should be the starter for the American league. It wouldn't shock me with dusty Baker as manager and a Justin Verlander in the twilight of his career to see him get the start. I will be upset. If that happens, I will not lose sleep over it and I will be happy for Verlander if that happens. But again, it would be incredibly unfair to Shane McClanahan, who has been the best bar none this season in the American League and, and probably all of baseball. Yeah, I I understand the case for Verlander, but I, I don't agree with it at all. I have a feeling it might happen, so um, I'm not going to be too upset, but 
you just it, he's just so good he gets so much swing and miss in the zone and, and not many pitchers can do that so it it has to be McClanahan not just from like a Rays fan standpoint but you look at the numbers and yeah but yeah. I, again it, it very well could be Verlander yeah, by far and away the the uh, leader, the odds-on favorite for American League Cy Young. So logic would tell you that he should start the American League for the American <clears throat> League in the All Star game. But logic goes out the window in the, in the goes out the window in the All Star game, and we'll just have to wait and see exactly what happens. So we've got one more week of play uh, before they take their their week long break or five day break, whatever it is, for the All Star game. A couple Rays are added to the Futures game, including Curtis Mead and Taj Bradley. Um, I think kind of everyone's favorite prospects right now, the most exciting prospects maybe in the Rays system. Curtis Mead is just an all-out hitter. Taj Bradley, an incredible pitcher, and we'll get to watch them over the All-Star break as well. I don't think we have to worry about any Rays uh, participating in the Home Run Derby, but who knows? Maybe <laughs> Isak Paredes is a late addition uh, to the Derby. That, that would be a lot of fun to watch because I think he's got the type of hitting profile to actually do well in a derby. So other than that, maybe we'll hold out hope for Jason Adam to get added to the all-star break or to the all-star roster. Um, I don't think there's really any other player that's close. I'd love to see Andy Diaz personally, but it, it feels a little far-fetched. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, Yandy is leading the league in, in F war since June 26th. So mm. I mean, American league. So, um, I mean, it, it's a little little late for the votes, though, but yeah. Uh, I don't really know how Gregory Soto got in. I was just looking at the relief pitchers. But did he, did they need Jason a Tigers Adams representative? Doesn't. Yeah, but is, doesn't Miguel Cabrera count? Like, can't we just uh, yeah, leave it know. at that? Yeah, I, I don't think, know. But... He, like, Jason Adams has, has been light years ahead of Soto. So, I mean, he's, like, on par with um, with Classe and, and Jorge Lopez. So I understand those two in, but, like, Jason Adams better than Soto. Uh, yeah, I agree. My guess is they probably treated the Cabrera edition as something completely separate. Um, right. They needed another Tigers rep. The other case for Yanni Diaz is he's second in the American League in on-base percentage. That's uh, true. 407. Yeah. I think he's second in all of baseball. You know, so he's got the playing time. Yanni Diaz or Jason Adams will be the two names I'm holding out hope for for late editions, but... Uh, you know, if, if Luis Arias, you know, maybe he gets like a tummy ache or something and can't get out to Los Angeles, we can get Yandy Diaz out there. But, you know, Ty France is probably ahead of him on the pecking order. We'll see. We'll see. Um, but, Ben, uh, thank you for very much for coming on, kind of going through the news, this this rough patch in, in our Rays fandom. Um, but new season starts tomorrow, right? Yeah, uh, new, new season starts tomorrow. Winning streak always starts tomorrow. Um you know, it's it's a rough patch, but again, they're still playing close to 500 balls since Brandon Lau's been down. So if our rough patch is, is 500 ball, um, a lot of teams would love to say that. So I'm, I'm I'm optimistic. We got guys coming back. I'm not too stressed out. And and Ben, where can the people find you on social media? I know you do a great job posting your game notes like you've done at every game, including spring training. Uh, so where can people f- find find those those wonderful game notes um, before every game? Oh man, I have been doing so many of those. Um, I'm ready for the Red Sox series, though. I got my stuff set up. Um, yeah, I've I've been doing it every day. I'm trying to challenge myself. I'm going to try to make it the full season and a postseason run. Um, but yeah, you can go to my Twitter at dogpancake73. It's an old gamer tag, so um, not my real name, but yeah, it, it's 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 a good name. And what about uh, your your podcast over at RBLR? 
Oh yeah, I forgot I do that too. Um, yeah, I uh, do the Rays podcast at RBLR Sports. Um, you know, all of our socials are at RBLR Sports, all one word. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm making my rounds today. I think I'm gonna hop on Raise the Roof after this. So kind of oh, wow. doing a world tour here. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll see. I, I might just have to wing that one. I don't know how much prep I'm gonna be able to do in, in an hour. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you prepped for this one and not raise the roof. No, I'm, I love those guys. <laughs> no, of course, of course. <laughs> uh, but I, yeah, I was on RBLR Rowdies, the Rowdies podcast uh, this yeah, week. Yeah, I listened so to that one. We're doing a little bit of a, of a trade-off here between uh, podcast networks, but happy to do that. And that was a ton of fun uh, chatting Rowdies with, with Eureka. So, Ben, once again, thanks for coming on and uh, raising your voice a little bit. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I just remembered we're going to try to do that uh, mid-season Jeopardy thing soon. Yes. Uh, I got all my questions done. They are so good. Um, really great categories. I just got to run them by a couple people, uh, get everything set you can up. Send them, by, you can send them my way. I'll look them over for you. <laughs> uh, I, I, might, I might share the categories with you guys like the day before, but uh, okay. yeah, maybe not the questions. Okay, well, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And then that's going to do it for this week's episode of Raise Your Voice. Thank you guys for listening. Sorry I missed that last week. was traveling for the 4th of July weekend, but back to regularly scheduled programming. Also trying to schedule a new Who's on Worst recording with uh, Darby Robinson and Ashley McLennan. I believe we're doing Major League Two, uh, but we'll probably turn it into a bit of a double feature and watch both Major League and Major League Two. So keep your eye out for that on your podcast feed. As always, make sure to head on over to DRaceBay.com to check out all of the great race coverage. If you want every new podcast from the D-Race Bay Podcast Network, downloaded directly to your device. Make sure to follow or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leaving a rating and review is the best way to spread what we do to more and more Rays fans. Once again, thank you guys for listening, and I'll talk to you next week.